Welcome everyone to the second episode of the second season of the coaching practice. In this season, I'm excited to ask coaches whose practices are less than five years old about their journey, their philosophy, and also their learnings in, in starting a practice. So I am excited to welcome Yumna, Yumna Abram Saban to this episode. Welcome, Yumna. Welcome and thank you. Thank you, Dupi. I'm glad to be here today. So, Yumna, let's dive right in. I'm curious, what led you to coaching? Um, so, but without giving away my age, <laughs> my career at the age of like 18 or 19, and I naturally, as I transitioned, transitioned through my various roles, um, mostly in contact centers, I found myself um, always being attracted to the people side of things, people development, people leadership, and so forth. And as I then excelled um, in the various positions, um, I naturally, um, uh, as the promotions had gone along, I ended up in HR um, at the one organization where I was responsible for leadership development um, as well as um, the uh, setting up an academy of learning. So um, when I had the opportunity to do, to do my, my honors, I uh, was lucky enough to do that in business management through the organization. But um, as I then uh, joined um, uh, in my career, uh, the private, the private I was, I was um, given the opportunity to manage um, in the public sector, mm. I found myself uh, quite bored <laughs> and decided to, to study further. And um, I was lucky enough to find out that Stellenbosch University actually offered a master's in coaching and um, looking, you know, weighing up the options between doing an MBA and uh, um, master's in coaching, I obviously naturally felt like coaching was for me. And there I kind of significantly was exposed to what coaching was really about. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, that's where the journey basically started. And I opened my own um, little coaching practice, and that's where I am at the moment. And how, I mean, it's two years down the road, as far as I can see on LinkedIn. What's, mm -hmm. what has it, what's it been like, the past two years of, of the practice? It's actually been uh, quite interesting because, I mean, the first, the first year basically uh, focused a lot on just understanding um, the, the various theories and understanding what it is that I wanted to do with this coaching um, masters, you know. Um, so it was kind of dormant and I was doing more research um, around what it was that I wanted to do. Did I want to go and uh, join another firm and kind of apply my coaching there? Or would I then stay at the same organization that I was working for at the moment mm. um, and see if I can maybe morph into a coaching or HRL there? Or was I actually ready to start my own business? And um, last year, in October, I finally decided to sign up with another coach. And mm. she's been driving me quite hard. <laughs> mm. And that's actually when, the role, when, when my, actual, my actual role as director of this organization my little business um, actually changed completely and I was driven and almost literally forced to start my own little um, mm. business. It's been absolutely amazing. It's been mm. uh, interesting. Uh, the fact that I can make my own decisions and just um, decide on, on, you know, various initiatives without having to worry about anyone else's permission <laughs> was just mm. awesome. So I am continuously learning and it's been really, really awesome. Thank you. Yumna, what keeps you in coaching? 
you know, to be when, when you sit with your client and um, two or three sessions later, uh, you see the natural glare, you know, the glare that they come in with when they mm. come to you and say, you know what, this is what I want to achieve. I'm not really sure how I'm going to do it, but you know what, just help me do it. And then mm. two or three sessions later, they sit in front of you and they start, they, they're glowing. You know, they, they mm. get, mm. they get the actual um, point that they need to change or they need to do things differently in order to, to, to um, enable their success. And it's when that spark happens, um, that is what actually, uh, what I'm attracted to in coaching Mm. And um, the fact that I continuously f um, believe that I'm making a difference uh, to someone um, who is now able to then go ahead and independently do what they need to do uh, in order to influence other people's lives positively. That is just the absolute why. That's, that's why I love coaching. Mm. You know, if you reflect back on the past two years of your, your coaching practice, starts it being a startup and so on, what, what pointers do you have for coaches that might be in your shoes now, just where you've been two years back, what, what pointers mm. do you have for people starting a coaching practice? So I think uh, very importantly, um, the notion of not feeling like, like they can do this or that, you know, the imposter syndrome where people feel mm. and second guess themselves. I think deal with that first. Um, that would be my, my, my first little bit of advice. Deal with that first. And um, because we are coaches, we have to influence other people and enable them to move forward. I think we need to either assign ourselves a coach or actually do a little bit of self-talk around who we are as coaches and what, what, why we actually um, signed up to be coaches in the first place. So the imposter syndrome, tackle that quite early. And then secondly, um, for me, is... Um, don't get too caught up with what social media is doing with regards to free courses around coaching or systems, you know, funnels and marketing um, aspects, um, because it can be quite daunting um, at first. So keep it simple, um, have a basic plan and um, stick to that. And then more importantly is the, fa the, the fact that you need to understand as a coach that people nowadays they don't necessarily just look at your brand. They look at who you are as a coach. Mm. Um, so don't be afraid to share your story and um, be authentic about it. Um, and just keep going. That's, that's basically what I would give, <laughs> what I would tell, what tell new, new coaches, yeah. Mm. You're not moving on to your philosophy of coaching. If you had to mm. give us your original definition of coaching as you practice it, how would you define that? For me, coaching is um, enabling a client to to tackle challenges um, that they face and by doing it in a way that you are guiding and soliciting a process um, that will that will allow the person to to learn the skills on their own and um, to do it in a natural setting. Um, mm. Yeah, but, but basically it is to empower the person to not have the same challenge again um, in their life. So it's kind of permanent and ongoing um, a process whereby the person can now go out and do things on their own or understand themselves better. Hmm. You know, what are some of the uh, theories and, and tools that you use in your practice? So this is where I'm always challenged, eh, to be because <laughs> I think there's a, there's, a, there's a huge debate around um, theories and models and the application thereof versus what's actually happening 
mm. from uh, you know in the social media um, uh, market um, because it seems like nowadays there are many coaches popping up left, right, and center. And myself being someone who had done the theory because I wanted to do things properly, I kind of sometimes when I sit with my client, I sometimes find that just being present and listening and not having an outcome or plan or reason why you have to ask a certain question um, isn't necessarily needed. You know, mm. uh, my methodologies that I use in my practice in my practice right now is sorry, positive psychology. Um, I use basic basic tools like the GROW model. I also use Carl's learning cycle. And mm. I, the reason I use that one is it's very important to understand how your client actually learns. And in doing so, there's a process of where we start, what we do, let's reflect, and then let's see what we can do differently going forward. So um, I've also found, sometimes caught myself when I am coaching, that I literally bring in different tools to kind of help the, the, the person along. But I also believe that it is a case of um, just attaching yourself to that client in that process and mm. guiding them with, with the knowledge that you have. And um, mm. it doesn't have to be as overwhelming thinking that you have to use all these methodologies or, or um, you know, all of these methods and stuff because it really sometimes um, is more important to you as a coach than it is to the client. With that said, coming from a master's program like yourself, mm -hmm. uh, maybe people listening to the podcast might be coming out of a formal training uh, situation as coaches. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes you can you can exit those trainings. You can, there's so much. There's so many models, so many theories, so many tools. What would you? What advice would you have for um, people coming out of that? How do they choose the models, the theories, the tools to effectively coach? What, what yeah. insight do you have there? So you finish your thesis and you're happy and then you get your certificate and you're more happy and then you have to start coaching formally as yourself as an individual and you you know about all these theories but um you don't you don't necessarily can predict what your client would like or, or would prefer so you have to go through a process of understanding who your client is uh what kind of style will work with them um and kind of adapt to them. And sometimes you'll find that these theories will pop up in the back of your mind um, saying that, you know, it's best to do this way or, you know, try this and add this. But ultimately, you need to listen to yourself and you need to be guided by what you feel is right for your client. Um, mm. so most of us, and I'm speaking on behalf of the, 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 the my, my fellow students who studied with me have found mm. that we kind of change or favor towards one or two models. And for mm. me personally, um, I like to keep it simple, um, make sure the client is my first priority and their success is my first priority. And um, if you really do have time to go back to your to your, <laughs> your paperwork and your knowledge and all the assignments that you do, you will find that um, every single model has a lot of similarities to it towards each other. And the commonality mm. is actually the client anyway and listening to them. But um, pace yourself. Don't try to apply models all the time. Um, and that will kind of guide you um, into mm -hmm. what's best for, for the client. Hmm. So, you know, let's talk clients. Now, normally I would start by asking, so what are your niches? But during the course of recording this podcast, season one and two, I realized that, there are generalists and there are people who really 
do niches. Which category do you fall into at this stage of your career? Oh, I'm a niche freak. <laughs> Not a niche freak, <laughs> a niche freak. <laughs> okay, I... well, do tell. What are your niches? <laughs> so I help women build confidence and purpose to start mm. their own businesses, whether it is mm. a coaching business or whether it's their own personal business. So I decided to do that because uh, one of my biggest values is authenticity. I want mm -hmm. to be original. I don't want to latch onto, onto anything that is already, has already been created. And mm -hmm. what better um, niche uh, would there be than to be, uh, to, you know, to select a niche that is quite close to, close to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, I believe mm -hmm. that um, as a coach, you need to kind of, uh, I, I could go into any field. I could, I could have chosen to do, to do executive coaching or, um, you know, have a different niche or open it up to, to, to various, you know, to the male and female um, dynamic. But I chose females mm. because I do believe that that's the way to go, especially with the current economic system. And I do believe that um, the lockdown and everything has done such a lot um, as has kind of been destructive with regards to social dynamics, especially mm. in the home where the mother plays the role of, of everyone <laughs> so um mm. i decided to stick with women um and i wanted to as part of my imposter syndrome i wanted to go with a niche that i knew most about and mm. um yeah it's been it's been really awesome to see um some of the success factors that's been coming from that yeah so you know you, you imagine you're a niche a niche freak <laughs> <laughs> so speaking to the niche freaks out there mm. how did they go about choosing, establishing their niche focus? So uh, the principles that I apply would be firstly to understand why you're coaching. So it starts kind of like with the inward focus. Why, why am I coaching? What do I want to achieve? What, what is my contribution to society? Um, and then decide um, on a specific group that you want to work with, uh, whether it be um, CEOs, female executives in, in organizations, whether it's um, uh, middle management, decide on, on who, uh, the group that you want to work with. Um, and then think about the categories, because there are also different categories um, that you want to select. Um, there could be wellness coaching, um, it could be business coaching, transformation. You know, there are different types of coach coaches, as you as you might be aware of. And then from there, decide, so how does this ideal client then look? What does she look like? What is her age group? Where does she hang out? Um, you know, what interests her? What are her, her true challenges right now? And then as a coach, decide what are you going to help her with? And that's where you position mm -hmm. your package. That's where you position your marketing. And that's how you position um, how, you know, the programs that you would want to offer her um, or him. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's, that's basically it. It does take a lot of time. I have to say that it can get quite overwhelming when you decide to work with a specific niche. But how do you provide a a service to someone you don't know and mm. it will make life quite hard for you when you get to a point where you need to market your business because um, a generalist would would kind of attract um, people from different backgrounds and different um, mm. careers whereas a specialist is quite focused and they know exactly um, who their client is and they are seen to be um, an, uh, an expert in that field so mm. yeah that's just my view. You know, someone 
that might be listening might be thinking, yo, there's someone in their network that they want to maybe connect you with, or maybe they, they themselves want to sign up for, for a coaching journey with you. Where can they connect with you? Okay, so um, I my cell number I can obviously give out, um, which I'm happy to share. Um, and also I have a website. Um, it mm-hmm. my, my URL is um, akiacoaching.com. And mm-hmm. I also have my email address, which is um, yumnas at akiacoaching.com, which akia as in A-Q-I-A. Um, and mm-hmm. then um, I'm happy to share my cell number, if that's okay, for WhatsApp, mm-hmm. because I think, yeah. I think that's the best way anyway. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. 084-840-3288. And yeah, I'm on Facebook um, as well as LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, thank you for your time and the wisdom that you imparted. Thank you. We appreciate that. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Thank you.